Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by actor and voiceover talent, Greg Sipes. Star Trek said, it's not all over. The human adventure is just beginning. And that's a very important statement for people. Dog bless you. Welcome back to the podcast, quoting Gene Roddenberry. And we are lucky enough to have number one New York Times bestselling author, Scott Sigler, for this episode. Welcome back, Scott. Thank you for having me. Scott, let's throw it to you right away. What are your thoughts on this particular quote? And I was saying, Scott got a whole bunch of optimistic quotes this week. Because we've done ones that are a little darker or weirder or heavier. Uh, too bad. Mm-hmm. These too are bad all for like, me. it's going to be great. <laughs> you know, you only have to look around the internet today to see something that's been an echo of things from the past that the constant thought that these are the worst of times. Mm. Things, things were so much better back when. It's not like it used to be. Oh my God, kids today don't appreciate all the things they have. You know, things were great when we were around and now this other thing. And that, you know, perpetually is never the case. Humanity always seems to be expanding, even though there's very difficult times in particular places. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the one basic fact, there are more people alive today than have ever been on earth than they've ever been alive at one point in the past ever, which means if the population level is going up, things are by and large, uh, in, you know, improving at least enough for people to stay alive, yep. which is the the foundation of quality of life is being alive to create and enjoy a quality of life. Mm-hmm. So that, that whole shitty outlook that things are not good anymore, they were good when we were around, I think is what he's kind of addressing now. There's always a new horizon. There's always a next generation, yeah, so to speak. Yeah. I want to jump in and dispel like how great it, things were in the past, too. Because we also, on the, a couple episodes ago, we waxed poetic about the pop culture of the 80s. I will mm-hmm. always stand for that. But the 80s sucked. Reagan? Are you kidding me? And mm-hmm. I hear a lot of my white friends who are like, I, had so, I long for the freedom I had under Reagan. And I'm like, you long for when I was oppressed. Yep. Is all I hear yep. when you say that because the '80s is very akin. Even the even the clothes from the '80s were kind of bastardized '40s clothes mm-hmm. and and '50s and the '50s people love them some um, you know because of happy days, but they love to be nostalgic. But I couldn't eat at the same restaurant as you in the '50s, so I don't long and and long for those times like people do. And so I love this quote because it's not all over, right? Our adventure is just beginning, but. Each and every one of us, if you have, do any of us have children here? 
Scott? Nope, I do not. Right now, well, then none of us, none of us have a legacy apparently. But, <laughs> if we had, but if we had kids, like then their adventure would be starting, right? Yeah. Because it's not just about what I love about these quotes is Gene makes it so clear. It's not just about Gene Roddenberry. Mm-hmm. It's about this whole thing. This this my, this life. It's not just about me, Rachel. There's so much else going on around that to have you know to only view things from the prism of me. It would be very myopic. So. It's an important statement for people, per this quote, to remember, like, no matter how far along we are, mm-hmm. we're just at the beginning of something new. Mm-hmm. Trent, what about you, quote-wise? This reminds me of a previous quote where Jean mentioned that not only is is it not over, but not everything has been invented. So while we have all of these amazing technological advances that we benefit from now... Some of them were invented uh, in sci-fi, on Star Trek in particular, and have come to reality, like in cell phones and iPads and that kind of thing. So this kind of always speaks to that idea that the human, like it's it's human nature to grow, to mature, to learn. And, and because everything hasn't been done yet and because everything hasn't been invented, there's always going to be a new breakthrough in science or, you know, like pe- people talk about like there's one topic that all pop songs are about. It's about love or loss or love or hate. But why diversity of how you can sing that song is immeasurable. Like, yes, some songs do uh, resonate and sound like earlier songs may be inspired or flat out ripped off. But the infinite combination of music notes and however many there are, I'm not a musician, so it's like seven or eight or however many there are, uh, can be done over and over and over again, making, you know, operas and punk rock and industrial or, you know, straight saccharine pop music. But, or even Trent, the fact that we're sitting here podcasting, which is what kind of a radio play when yeah. you think about yeah. it, right? Yeah. We've just gone back to... The old timey stuff, in a sense, other than we're streaming and we have all this modern equipment, but it's essentially what they were doing in the 30s and 40s. Absolutely. Either one of you, why do you think that he says, Gene Roddenberry says, and that's a very important statement for people? I think it's he's trying to communicate that there is always another mountain you can climb, another horizon you can strive for. Mm -hmm. Just because you have put in your 40 years at your job and then you retire and you get the the gold watch. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. That's <laughs> your speech. You get your gold watch. You don't have to sit around on your front step wondering, you know, why the kids don't respect you anymore. There's all of these. You can constantly go out and find something new, try something new. And I don't know if he could have seen what's coming with the internet now, mm-hmm. but something I talked about in an earlier episode you can be 65 and have retired from a job that you worked your whole adult life and then go hang your shingle and do something completely new. There are all of these avenues available to you. Like I want to be an artist. I want to make stuff and put it on Etsy. Mm-hmm. I want to sell architectural drawings. Mm-hmm. I want to do watercolors. Like you, there's, there's all of these things. But if you get it in your head that now I'm retired, kids have flown the coop, I'm sitting at home and that now I just sit here and wait to die. That is not you seeing that that new adventures are just beginning. So I feel like he was speaking more to to people who had hit a rut in their life or people who are at the end of their career looking at where to go from there. I think it's why I encourage people to have interests, you know, mm-hmm. and, and hobbies and things. Because as a actress of a certain age, right, stuff slowed down at the time it does for every woman at a certain age, except for maybe two. And 
th- what you what you had just said, Scott, would have scared the shit out of me if you'd said that to me in the '90s. I'm like, no, you would do do one thing, <laughs> yeah, right? But yeah. I've grown and matured enough to go, oh, okay. When I hit the '40s and they're like, women don't exist. I wrote a book. You know, I had other interests, is per what Scott was saying. And I didn't take it as an indictment of, I'm not being in a movie this second. I'm doing this. It's like, I'm an artist. I'm a creative person. So you don't have to be an artist to do that. You could be someone who's very into logic and math. And there's all these different avenues of Uh taking that skill set you have and swinging it into either a hobby or a career even, you know? And I like that at any age, you know, because someone said to me recently uh, on a lunch date, they said, uh, well, you know, I know the b- best, the biggest things I'm ever going to do are behind me. Mm. And I was like, well, yes and no. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, we'll never be 21 again and do a movie or a thing. But I don't think just because one isn't that age doesn't mean you can't have some great Huge, amazing thing. You yeah. know, Scott could write a book that blows away uh, numbers wise, is already number one a New York Times bestselling yeah. book. And I, I, for, I can get fatigued with the style of stuff I'm writing now. And, you know, I can switch to any number of things. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, at this late stage, I'm, I'm writing more screenplays now to see if I can get into that. I'm, it's about time, sir. I've always thought that for him that he should be doing screenplays. But also, oh. you did a young, you've done a couple different yep. young adult series too. What prompted you to do that, considering you don't have kids? Uh, it was just looking at. Uh, I did a series called the Generations Trilogy, and the opening book is uh, is a alive, yeah, alive, a light, it. and alone. And it was just okay. I've told stories from the eyes of a male of a certain age uh-huh. a number of times. Now I want to try and get into some, you know, some hardcore sci-fi with uh, coming from a different perspective and being able to tell, uh, tell a story with different set of advantages, different set of disadvantages. How does this, how does this young woman handle that? And that, that was a new beginning. That was a new challenge to try and like, okay, now I got to talk to a lot of people, do a lot of research. Here's how I would react to the situation. How would you five people react because to Because it was written from a girl's from point of view too. Yeah. So there's it's, also that. And I didn't, didn't want it to be like, I'm just a guy writing from a girl's point of view. I wanted to be like, let's make sure this resonates. Yeah. I had, so for that, for the hobby, not hobby side, but being able to talk to five, six, seven women, I really respected, like go over this. What do I have right? What do I have wrong? But that was a new beginning, a whole new set of challenges was able to make something that I wouldn't have been able to make, you know, in my mid twenties. Right. Right. And this theme of the adventure is just beginning is something that Gene has infused in Star Trek stories. We hear them often in his quotes because it's so important for him that for us to, to learn this lesson, like he says, this is a very important statement for people. This is a lesson that we need to learn. And like a very good teacher, he understands that you have to, remind people like when you hear something repetitively it kind of sticks in your mind and it's it's a it's a message that was so near and dear to him that he it it, he felt compelled to drive this theme home as much as he could because like i have mentioned previously i do believe that he believed that the future that he envisioned although it wouldn't be 100 percent exactly the way he envisioned it i think he absolutely believed that humanity will get there and and that adventure is hundreds of years in the future. So 
between now and then there will be new ad adventures happening and new scientific breakthroughs. And it's just a part of human evolution to grow and to break new ground. I know what you just said, like, you know, it, it, there'll always be new inventions. Like it's, it's so like, yes, of course. But when I was a kid, I thought everything had been invented already. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really did though. And I, and I think partially it had, it had to do with my dad. Like I would say, here's my picture, dad. And he would go, oh, you're in that stage. I remember when I was, <laughs> no, he would. And then, so I just, just like, oh, okay. There's nothing I can do that will be da 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 da. But it's really you know, a good point that, to remind people. Yeah, right? that reminds me of like when I studied about dinosaurs in elementary school and, you know, the Brontosaurus. I don't think the Brontosaurus exists anymore. Like, like it's an apatosaurus. Right. Everything is a new, different name like, now. Yeah, so science has evolved to the point where the Brontosaurus, what we thought it was, didn't actually exist. And now it's something else with a different name. Wait, does, Pluto used to be a planet and now it's, it's not. It's still a planet. Um, does, that, does anyone remember the moment when they realized that science was all bullshit? No, it's not bullshit at all. But what science was theory, like, because I, as a kid, was like, no, this is facts and it yeah. is what it is. And that's you read it in a textbook story. and you believe that that's the this is the truth. Then, the book tells me. I got older and got really into string theory, and it's not even string theory anymore. It's something mm -hmm. else, no. squiggle theory. I don't know what now, but. I just realized, oh, it's always going to keep morphing and changing. Yep. So per this quote. It's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Every time that mm -hmm. happens, it's a brand new beginning of, of what we think. The, uh, the big science bulwark that, uh, obviously, I don't, have the, I don't have the knowledge or capacity to understand this, but the, uh, the absolute law, we can't exceed the speed of light. We'll take all the energy in the universe to exceed the speed mm. of light. If I'm paraphrasing that, but I think I'm correct. But there's been so many things before that we thought were impossible and leading up into, you know, without, without warp drive, what kind of a story can you tell with, Star Trek. Right. And that's the kind of thing where that is impossible now, but will it always be impossible or will we figure that out and go off to whole new adventures? Scott, do you think, yes, by the way, but do you think it counts that these billionaires went, why, why do they get to say they went to space? They went to upper sky, as people on Twitter have pointed out. Do they actually get to, like, why do they get to say they went to space? <laughs> I, I don't know the rules and regulations of what <laughs> involves space in the stratosphere. <laughs> Etc. But uh, you know, all I know is I'm I'm jealous because I just hope I live long enough to go would, into space. Would you have wanted to go up into upper upper sky, Scott? I do not. Well, that's still better. That's that's still pretty close. Also, I'll wait until it becomes a regular thing that's regulated and safer because I'm not quite adventurous enough. So, like, I'll go first. That's me. Uh, no. Interesting. I want to come back. Interestingly, yeah. Rachel, I think I remember reading earlier today that the FCC has decided to downgrade what the term an astronaut is so that oh. these billionaires will not be able to say that yeah. they are astronauts. A, oh, that's what you get when you don't pay any taxes. See there what you, you get to do? <laughs> there you go. Anyway. I uh, I think, though, when I look at this quote, too, I wonder if if Mr. Rodberry said these things, too. I mean, he believed them, but maybe he said so many similar statements because he was like, today people suck. So I'm going to try to be positive and I'm going to think something positive yeah. about them that is not all over. It's the beginning. And I mean, because he must have had some human thoughts. And yes, I mean, of all course. these all these thoughts are human. He, but I'm when was he born? When was he? So it's a. Uh... I guess today. Gosh, like, it would have. He's born in 1920. Oh, I thought it was the right? 30s, but it was right. Yeah, yeah. 1921. So he he got to be a child through World War II mm -hmm. and see all of the, all of the reconstruction. So you know he he got to live the life of someone who's looking at the possible collapse of civilization and and the world falling apart and 
millions dying and the horrors of the Holocaust. And he got to see all of these things and then got to watch the world rebound from it. Mm-hmm. And you have to think that gave a lot of people a particular perspective of, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn and the, the sun always rises again to see humanity in that incredibly dismal state and then rally and come back up. And if you follow kind of the, the optimism of our American culture and our economy coming out of that, when it starts to hit the sixties and the seventies, that things that things had changed dramatically. So maybe mm-hmm. that's where he's coming. You make such a good point because if you do live through a world war, you're going to come out of it. See, I would probably be more cynical. Like, oh yeah. my, I think that I, would break I, my spirit too. Yeah, and to think, like, and, I feel like it would break me to know you're, you're hurting up Jews and then you're only letting, you're going to let in the top, the top 2% that you think you can benefit from. And you're not going to help our country let in a lot of high powered Jewish scientists mm-hmm. and things like that. I don't know about a lot is the right word, but you know, didn't help a lot of other people along the way as far as that situation. So it's tricky and it would have made me more cynical. And I think that's why I've enjoyed doing this podcast, to be honest, is I, I, you know, I'm a cynical optimist and it's, it's tilting me slightly more towards the optimistic kind of (laughs) (laughs) slightly 51%. That's great. I think that speaks again. I think that speaks again to, to my point about Gene being like a very good teacher, you know, like he, he is imparting his wisdom even to us to this day. Like, you know, we've we've it's like, what, 30 some years without him already. And but here we are and we're all still learning. I know for sure I'm still learning from his words and from the legacy that he left us with the Star Trek franchise. I'm really appreciative of figures like this, to be honest, because, again, as I get a little older, too, I kind of see why some of my, you know, crabby aunts would be so down on society or whatever, because they were black women who'd been through X, Y and Z. Right. So as a child, I didn't get it. But as a grown woman now, I really do. But it's great to have reminders like this, that just because we had a Trump or whatever. And in fact, I would argue, which I did not want that, obviously, but it was a watershed moment, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was like that terrible thing, that divorce, that breakup, that what Lou lost your job thing you go through that you think you'll never recover from. And yet you rise stronger. Yes. You, you realize years later that like, if I hadn't gone through that yep. breakup, that tragedy, I would not be who I am. As this quote says, it's not all over. The adventure is just beginning. So if we vote in our elections and our local elections. We can help form the new beginning, you know? Yeah, this has been uh, very fun and, and relevatory in a few different ways. Uh, you know, I, I feel like you guys snuck that quote in there about letting other people take over the property intentionally. <laughs> like, I don't know who this I don't know who this whippersnapper thinks he is, but we're going to we're going to give him some business on the side from strictly the entertainment perspective only massively successful individual from the cultural standpoint and being able to bring in new voices, bring in new faces in an era when that simply wasn't happening mm-hmm. and, and, and provide for a, a lot of firsts and then continue to keep, to set the machinery in place, to keep this machine rolling many, many decades after he's already passed many decades after the original show. It's uh it's humbling and it's awesome. So I've really enjoyed being on this, uh, this cast, but nice to get to know you guys a little bit better. And uh, thank you for having me on. Oh, Scott, tell the people where they can find you. Cause Scott does a terrific podcast with his partner and wife. And then he's got the books that I've mentioned, but tell them where they can find your podcast. Most of the information's at scottsigler.com. Love it. It has been such a pleasure getting to know you this week and getting to have these discussions with you. So we thank you very, very much for giving us your time. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys. Thank the whole team. I appreciate it very much. 
And if you would like to watch a video of today's quote being read, you could check it out on our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we hope you'll join us again tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 